0: Welcome to the Family Tree Magazine podcast, the show for America's number one genealogy magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. In this July 2013 episode of the podcast, we're going to focus on Civil War roots, and I've got some great tips, tools, products, and websites to assist you in your research. We'll start over at the Genealogy Insider blog, where managing editor Diane Haddad is going to give us a virtual tour of Gettysburg. Then in our Top tip segment, contributing editor David Furksell will be here to talk about Seven Steps to Discovering Your Gettysburg Ancestors, which come from his article by the same name that appears in the July and August 2013 issue of the magazine. In our 101 Best Website segment, Diana Christmas Smith is going to be here. She's going to take us on a tour of the Civil War Soldiers and Sailors System website. Then in the Family Tree University crash course segment, Diana will return in her role as instructor to give us some Civil War research tips from her Family Tree University class. It's called Civil War Research: Find Your Ancestors in the War Between the States. And finally, we're going to check in at the publisher's desk with Alison Dolan. She's the publisher of Family Tree Magazine. She's going to tell us all about a terrific book that's going to give you so much insight into life in America during the Civil War. There's a lot to cover, so let's get to it. Our first stop is the genealogy blogosphere with Diane Haddad. We're going to kick off this episode with news from the blogosphere, and here to give us the scoop is the genealogy insider blogger, Diane Haddad. Hi, Diane. Hi, Lisa. Well, Diana, I know that the anniversary of Gettysburg, the Battle of Gettysburg, gosh, 150 years ago, is just coming around. And you put together a really great comprehensive blog post on this with all kinds of resources. Tell us how we can kind of go online and maybe even experience some of the places and events without having to leave home.
1: Yeah, thanks to modern technology, there are um, a lot of resources online that you could use to kind of sort of visit the battlefield site even if you can't get there on, in person which I know is on a lot of people's bucket lists but um, until that time there are ways that you can see it online. Um, maps a lot of people um, like to use maps to kind of follow where your ancestor might have, um, where their unit or their regiment might have been on the battlefield and you can do that um, with maps and so we have some different resources for finding those maps, such as the Library of Congress website, the Civil War Trust, and places like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, maps really give us the picture. And it's one thing when we read about the histories, but boy, when you really see it, and and you see the terrain that they're dealing with, and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing, it's pretty incredible. In fact, you have an example of a map on the post, don't you?
1: I do. And that shows the Gettysburg Battlefield. I think this one was published around the turn of the century by the Gettysburg Military Park. And there are some in there that were created even closer to the time of the battle that will show where the different generals and where their their regiments were.
0: Yeah. So rather than looking at something that's been recreated today, these were drawn up right around that time frame. It must have mm-hmm. been just uh, still fresh in everybody's mind.
1: Right. And something else that that looks really interesting is the Battlefield app by the Civil War Trust. And it will take you through um, maps of the battlefield. It has videos, information from experts. And if you do get a chance to visit, you can take it with you and it's GPS enabled so it can show you where you are in the battlefield. And then some of those apps, because it has them for different battles, you can even hold it up and it will look at the scene and point out different landmarks to you.
0: Wow. That is a leap beyond. Mm -hmm. I remember when I went to Gettysburg, gosh, I want to say it's been about 15 years now. We got, um, I think it was a CD. You bought it and you put it in your car and you drove around and they did some narration. But wow, things have come a long way.
1: Yeah. Yeah definitely and there are sites where you can look at pictures Um, you can look at the cyclorama which is that 360-degree painting that shows Pickett's charge that's on display at the military park so lots of different things you can do using technology and and the World Wide Web
0: and one of the ones I, I really liked from your post was the Stone Sentinels website. It shows you more than 1,200 Gettysburg battlefield monuments at the different units. You can go and, you know, find the one that is one that perhaps that your ancestor was involved in. Just so many great resources. Now, Diane's blog post is called The Battle of Gettysburg 150th Anniversary. Honor Civil War ancestors with a virtual visit. And lots of great links and resources there for you. Terrific. You've started off our Civil War-themed episode on the right note. Thanks so much, Diane.
1: You're welcome.
0: This year, the nation will mark the 150th anniversary of the Battle of Gettysburg. It was July 1st through the 3rd, 1863. It was considered not only the turning point of the Civil War, but also one of the bloodiest battles of the war. I've invited contributing editor David Frixell to join me here on the podcast today to provide us with some insight into this really historic battle from his article. It's called Seven Steps to Discovering Your Gettysburg Ancestors. Welcome back to the show, David.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Since Gettysburg is not only one of the most famous battles of the Civil War, but also the best documented, that means that we should be able to have some success in researching our ancestors who were involved. Where do you suggest that we start in that research?
2: Well, fortunately, as pretty much with all Civil War uh, research, the Civil War Soldiers and Sailors System is a great place to start. You won't get a lot of detail about your ancestor, but it's easy and free to check uh, to see whether they served in the Civil War at all. It's got basic information on 6.3 million people from both sides, representing 44 states and territories. And then once you find somebody, let's say you find, oh yeah, you know Joe Schmo here did indeed um, serve in the Civil War, you can just click on the regiment. And that will take you to uh, a page about that regiment, and you can see at least did that regiment ha- see action at the battle of Gettysburg you know if if no, well then you know case closed. um if yes, then you can pursue further to see you know did your ancestor actually serve at that time and in that battle you know and and see action so uh, you read up on the regiment and uh, you know you find some pretty uh you know horrific information. Um, sometimes, but it's it's pretty fascinating, and that's an easy you know way to get started.
0: Yeah, and boy, the regiment histories really give you that overall context, don't they? I mean, you get a sense of what whatever organization they were part of, what the movements were, what was going on with them. It's really unusual, but I wish we had that in every area of genealogy.
2: Absolutely. Well, for example, I, if, I, one of the regiments I use as an example in the article uh, from North Carolina notes that uh, of the 509 soldiers engaged at Gettysburg 36% were disabled. When wow. you read things like that it really gives you sort of a chill and you think wow this was this was really something. We it's easy to just make it, forget about the uh, details and just think about it as you know in the movies and stuff but the reality was you know pretty horrific. So if your ancestor was there and if they, particularly if they survived, they really went through something.
0: Yeah, they sure did. And I've been to Gettysburg myself, and I know as you drive through it, wow, there's so many amazing monuments. What role can the monuments play in this for us?
2: Interestingly, and I don't know of a lot of battlefields that are like this, the monuments, particularly for Union units, tend to have rather detailed information. Um, so it's not just, you know, here's a guy on a horse, um, there's very detailed listings and so forth. There's a really good site called Draw the Sword, which is, uh, you know, an independent kind of site. And, you know, I, I used the example of the page for the 13th Vermont Regiment. Um, their monument was dedicated in 1899. And you can see secondary markers for their, where they were during the battle. You'll find on that site, you'll find a list of officers killed at Gettysburg and who were buried in the plot there. Um, you can then get an detailed after action report described in the unit's role in the battle in detail so really just a huge amount of information if you happen to have had an ancestor you know who fought in that uh, at that time
0: wow now there's probably i assume some official record where do we find those
2: well again it's pretty amazing that the entire official record it's really called the official record uh, and often referred to as the or of the Civil War. If you go and see it in a library, it occupies many, many, many bookshelves. And it's an extraordinary uh, thing that was published after the war. And it basically compiles all of the reports of the battles as written up by, um, you know, the the officers and people who uh, were there at the time. So it's almost like news reports, but even, even closer to the action. And what's really cool is it had a couple of sites, including... Uh, Civilwar.com and eHistory and the Making of America, the entire official record, however many zillion, 3,000 pages just on Gettysburg, uh, those are all online. And at, the, at eHistory and Making of America, you can actually search um, those to see if maybe your ancestor is mentioned. If he's not mentioned by name, at least if his regiment was there or his unit was there, you're going to be able to read in as much detail as it's possible to know at this you know, 150 years later exactly what happened so it's pretty remarkable
0: boy those are incredible resources and you mentioned search i'm guessing google is a place to stop by too
2: absolutely again because of the enthusiasm and historical interest in the civil war a lot of there's a lot of information online you'll even find you may find a uh, page or a you know, some sort of memorial to the unit that your ancestor fought in. Um, so, I, again, I sort of followed the 13th Vermont. There's, a, there's the Vermont in the Civil War. There's the Civil War in the East. There's the Civil War librarian. There's the Vermont Historical Society. And you can find all those just by, you know, Googling the name of the regiment and, you know, Civil War. Uh, so whatever, you know, you, your ancestor fought in, there's probably way more online than just a simple Google search. Uh, we'll find. You can even just search for things like, you know, Gettysburg casualty list names. And, uh, that's how I found one of the soldiers that I was sort of following in the article, you know, as an example. And boom, I found here's a Roots web page of information about, uh, the, uh, transcribed information from the National Archives, you know, for the regiment. And, uh, you know, it said, that he was wounded, had a slight wound in the thigh on July 2nd, 1863. So the kind of detail that you can get is pretty phenomenal.
0: Wow. And, you know, when you think about the individual soldier, everyone eventually comes to that place where they're like, what about my ancestor? Um, is the National Archives going to have individual records that we can tap into?
2: National Archives will, and those are among the records that you can you know, write away for, and they'll send you the, uh, whatever they have. And, of course, that won't be specific just to Gettysburg. They will send you their their entire compiled service record, as it's called. Now, if you're lucky, uh, you can try the subscription site Fold3, uh, which is uh, now owned by Ancestry. And there, particularly Confederate service records, are uh, I guess they started with those. And so they're more fully represented. And so there you may be able to cut out Uh, The wait time for ordering from the National Archives, they're getting these, it's actually a a collaboration with the National Archives, so the whole uh, site contains information, and they're digitized images right from the National Archives, so again, my my fellow that I followed uh, from North Carolina, uh, you can find out all about it, you know, what happened to him, Um, He appears on a list of those killed, wounded, or missing among early division in the Gettysburg campaign, and so forth. And so there you can find the whole thing, and it's right there on your computer. Again, the Union records, the Union example I found, really all you find online is a single card. But you can also check Civil War pension records and other things. But then if you strike out at full three, you can always go to the National, National Archives site, and order the actual records um, from there and they'll copy them and send them off to you. So the detail that you can find about your Gettysburg ancestor if they indeed fought there, given that it was 150 years ago, is pretty astonishing and you can find a lot of it without ever really even like leaving your house
0: right gosh david there you go you're a wealth of knowledge in under 10 minutes we've covered the seven steps to discovering your gettysburg ancestors and if you want to take a look at david's complete article which is much more in detail you're going to find it in the july august 2013 issue of family tree magazine it's definitely a must-have if you have ancestors who may have been part of the Civil War, or more specifically, the Battle of Gettysburg. David, thank you so much for all your wonderful guidance. Thanks so much. In this 101 Best Websites for Tracing Your Roots segment, we're going to continue with our focus on the Civil War with a visit to the Civil War Soldiers and Sailor System. And here to take us on a tour is author Diana Crispin-Smith. Welcome back to the show, Diana. Thank you, Lisa. Nice to be here with you. Well, I hope that you can um, kind of start us off by explaining who runs the Civil War Soldiers and Sailor System and where does all this data come from?
3: Okay. Um The site itself is a part of the National Park Service site, which can be found at www.nps.gov slash civilwar, and the homepage is slash index.htm. The site is populated primarily with data from the National Archives, and for that data entry, the National Archives obviously does not have the resources to do it, nor does the National Park Service. So they have partnered with two main partners: the Genealogical Society of Utah, which we're all familiar with, and the Federation of Genealogical Societies. Those two entities provided volunteers um, back in 2000, 2001 to do data entry. They got all the data in, and then the National Park Service staff loaded it into a database and did some editing for consistency and so on. In 2004, those records were added to the database and made available on the website. So all of the soldiers' names are there on the website, um, the National Archives data.
0: Wow, what a terrific example of a partnership and the difference that it can make in terms of uh making genealogical records available. Now, I know that um, it's a pretty robust site. Are there some particularly excellent resources there that we should be keeping an eye out as we're going through it?
3: Okay, the first thing is the database of soldiers. Now, there's not a lot of information in that database on each particular soldier, but it's enough to get you started. So you can go to the, the people portion Look at the Soldiers and Sailors database, and there'll be a search there where you can look for either soldiers, sailors, regiments, cemeteries, battles, prisoners, medals of honor, and monuments. Now, for the most part, the prisoners, medals of honor, and monuments are not complete. Those are still in process, but the battles, cemeteries, uh, regiments, sailors, and soldiers are pretty complete databases, but as I said, you don't get a lot of information. For example, in the soldiers section, if you search for a soldier's name, and I usually just do the surname to see what I come up with first and if I get too many hits, then I narrow it down. But if you put in a name, you'll get a list, and the list will contain the name, last and first, the regiment name, whether it was Union or Confederate, and if there were any alternate names for that person. Now, one of my surnames, obviously, is Chrisman, and that's the one that I usually go there to look for because that's where my Civil War soldiers were. But um, you'll find on some of those Chrismans, there are alternate spellings, some with an H, some with a T, some with two S's, some with an E. So you can go through the list and see which ones look like they might be yours. If there's too many, and in this case, there's 72 So then you can narrow it down by state or by first name um, or by Union or Confederate, so on. So once you find the soldier that you're looking for, just pick one and say Francis A. Christman. And Francis, if if you click on his name, it will then show you again his regiment name, side is Union, his company, his rank in, and his rank out and then what my fulfillment's on. But it doesn't give you any more than that on the soldier, no date. So that's kind of disappointing, but it's still an index and that helps. If you find a soldier that you're interested in, you can see the regiment, and almost all of them have a link to that regiment name. So you click on the regiment name, and it will bring up where that regiment was formed. In this case, it's a regiment that was formed in... Muscatine, Iowa, which is where he lived. And it tells when they were formed, whose officers were, and then it goes on to explain the battles that that regiment was in. So that's pretty interesting. And then when I get down to the battles, if I see one that interests me, and I know that the Battle of Sabine Crossroads is critical for my soldiers because two of them were captured there. And so I can click on that battle, It will show me where it was, describe how the battle took place, what happened, estimated casualties during that battle, the time period. And if there's a battlefield uh, memorial there, it may link to that. So you get a lot of information on the battles, the regiments, and the battlefield locations, not so much on the individual soldiers except for that index, which is critical. That all
0: makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just in your description of how to use this site, it really brings home the fact that no one site is going to be the end all answer. This is one of those stepping stones to find the clues that take us to the next level. And certainly this one has some great gems that are kind of buried in there. And then we can go from there into other records and other um, locations. And I notice here also at the website, you can plan your visit if you want to go visit some of the battlefields or the event locations. And they even have the uh, Follow the Civil War reporter on Twitter. NPS
3: is on Twitter, aren't they? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So they're really making a lot of effort to preserve the history and the locations because there is a special preservation effort in a. Um, a link to that on this site to help preserve the battlefields or at least the information about them nearby. And the same with the cemeteries, because there are quite a number of military cemeteries. 14 of them are managed by the National Park Service. And all but one of those is related to a Civil War battlefield. So eventually... The Park Service is planning to list all names of burials in these cemeteries on the Civil War Soldiers and Sailors System. So far, they've done one cemetery, uh, the Poplar Grove National Cemetery at Petersburg National Battlefield. But that one also includes images of the headstone, which I think is pretty cool.
0: Very cool. Well, definitely, you're going to want to... um hit the Civil War Soldiers and Sailors System website early on in your research and then bookmark it because this is going to be the the kind of uh, website you're going to want to come back to, particularly as they're adding more data. Hey, Diana, can I uh, hold you over to our next segment so that you can give us some more tips because I know that you've got a terrific course on Civil War research as well. I'd be delighted to. Wonderful. All right. We'll be right back. The Civil War, also known as the War of the Rebellion or the War of Northern Aggression, depending on which side your ancestors were on, generated more casualties, dissension, and records than any other conflict in American history. If your ancestors lived in the United States between 1861 and 1865, they undoubtedly felt the effects of the war. And if they were males in their prime, they may have served in a military unit. The Civil War Research Find Your Ancestors in the War Between the States course at Family Tree University will guide you in determining your ancestors' service, finding the records to document it, and fleshing out your knowledge of their lives. Diana Christmas-Smith is back. I've held her over from the 101 Best Website segment, and she's the course instructor, and I've invited her to uh, share some tips from the class. Welcome back, Diana. Thank you, Lisa. Good to be here. Now, before we pick your brain for our Civil War research a little more, can you give us a quick overview? What are we going to learn in this
3: course? Okay, the Civil War course will start with terminology and basics. We'll talk about some of the major battles, uh, what, what's a regiment, what's a battalion, what's a unit, so on, what the units were in the uh, Civil War what did they have, what was the structure, some of those kinds of things, so that when you run across those terms in your research later on, you're prepared. Um, We will then go on to talk about the records that were created, the pension records, the compiled military service records, and other things that you may not think about that are related to Civil War service, so that you can proceed in an orderly fashion and not miss anything that you might be able to glean information from on your ancestors. That's what we're all looking for.
0: Exactly. And, you know, those are the kinds of things that uh, we're not that familiar with until we come up against this in our own research. That's why a course like this is perfect, I think, because you can uh, stop jump in, get educated, and then keep moving forward in the research. And and you talked about particular records. Um, Certainly, the U.S. Census is going to be a key tool in our search. Can you give us some hints from the course that we can start using right away when it comes to using the census?
3: Yes. Um, In the census, the federal census, I'll start with. In 1910, the census asked whether a person was a survivor of the Union or Confederate, Army, or Navy. So the enumerator was then supposed to answer U.A. for Union Army, U.N. for Union Navy, C.A. for Confederate Army, or C.N. for Confederate Navy. So if you find someone in 1910 that has those records, it's column 30, by the way, then you can know to look for them for military service or pension records. Um, If they wrote some strange numbers in that column, ignore those because those were data summaries used by tabulators as they were compiling, and it sometimes looks confusing. So check the 1910 census if you're if your suspected soldier is still alive. Um, 1930 census also indicates Civil War veterans in column 31 with the abbreviation CW. So you can look for that in 1930 if they're still alive. Also, there are some states that had censuses in the, uh, what you might call the off years, usually the fives which might request information on military service. Now, one of my favorite state censuses is Iowa. Number one, because I had a lot of people there. But number two, because it's one of the most thorough. Uh, The 1925 Iowa census is four pages per person. So it's just incredible the information you get. Um, But for the state of Iowa, for example, in 1895, it asked for soldiers, sailors, and Marines in the War of the Rebellion. With company, regiment, state, army of service, and rank, you get a whole lot of information. In 1895, um, 1905 sent census asked that they had service in the Civil War. Just a yes no. 1915 same thing, military service, Civil War. 1925 again asked for um, branch of service, state enlisted from. This also may include um, spouses. Um, Widows of uh, veterans in mm-hmm. okay. census, and then in 1890, the federal federal census had a special veteran schedule, which has survived. a part of it, <laughs> only for Kentucky through Wyoming. Same fire that destroyed the 1890 census for most states also destroyed the veteran census. The states up to Kentucky. Of course, I have Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, so um, most of mine aren't there. But uh, it does ask, but only for Union veterans, and then it will have a lot of information. So be sure and check the 1890 if you have soldiers in any of those states to the west. Now, my Iowa soldier, I found one of them in Nebraska in 1890, so don't hesitate to look in bordering states if they're later in the alphabet.
0: Good tip. And, and I know that there's other kinds of um, records that we can tap into. What about regimental histories?
3: What do we find there? Regimental histories can be very thorough or just an abbreviated thing. But um, the National Parks are the site that we talked about earlier for the Civil War soldiers and sailors. For each regiment, it will have a description of when it was mustered in, who organized it, because it was usually a commanding officer who organized the group, Um, and where they traveled. They were stationed, for example, one unit I'm interested in from Iowa was stationed in Arkansas for quite a while. Then they went further east and participated in quite a few battles. So it tells you where the unit was. So if you have a date that your soldier went in or was wounded, you can find out where the regiment was at that time. And if you don't have anything on the soldier, this will give you a, an idea of where he went during the time he was in the regiment. Um, as I say, the civil war soldiers and sailors website has many of those, but you can also just go Google that regiment. And often you'll find that there is another one, um, possibly in the County, possibly some individual has acquired a regimental history. And, uh, All of those things can help very much in finding where your soldier was at various times.
0: And I know that I've heard that, you know, there are certainly diaries out there. There are manuscripts, things that uh, people wrote. And just because our ancestor may not have written a particular diary, they might be mentioned in somebody else's, right? Where could we find something like that?
3: Um, You can, again, you can Google them. You can check... um, if, if your regiment was mustered, say mine was mustered in Muscatine, Iowa, I might want to check in the libraries around there to see if they have any holdings that include Civil War records by individuals from that area. Um, otherwise, I have had good success just doing a Google search to find a diary from the Civil War for a specific unit, because normally they'll index it that way when they when they reference it. It, they'll include the regiment with the name of the soldier. So I found diaries from a variety of companies, and most of them will talk about not only, you know, the weather was hot and wet and we marched 60 miles, but also it might say Sergeant Harris died and was buried today, or somebody else was elected new sergeant to replace him, or I wrote letters for somebody else because maybe that man was wounded or they didn't like, but that tells you they were acquainted. So you can check into that other soldier as well. Um, A lot of those types of entries in somebody else's diary can be great, and you may just find one of your people. Exactly, and that's
0: the goal. Well, you can see just by our short conversation with Diana that There's so much to be discovered, and if you've been hesitant about getting involved in your Civil War research because you're just not sure how to start, uh, it's a little intimidating to get into a whole other area of research, this class is going to make it so much easier for you, and it's really going to equip you to be successful.
3: One more thing that I want to say about it is it's a hands-on class. You're going to actually go look for things in this class even if they're not your
0: people, you're going to learn how to search. Yeah, hands on. That's what we want. I mean, that's, that's perfect, because it's, it's not just that uh reading, here's how to do it, but you're actually going to get the the practice, which I think is excellent. Good point. It's called the Civil War Research, Find Your Ancestors in the War Between the States course. It's at familytreeuniversity.com. And I will have a link for it in the show notes. Diana Christman Smith is going to be your instructor. And it's going to Definitely make a difference in your Civil War research. Thank you again so much, Diana.
3: Thank you, Lisa.
0: Well, as we wrap up this July 2013 episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast, let's check in at the publisher's desk with Allison Dolan. Hi, Allison. Hi, Lisa. Well, as you know, our topic this episode has been about Civil War history. And I know that there is a terrific book at Shop Family Tree that really is the uh the go-to publication on this topic. Tell us about that.
4: Yeah, it's called Life in Civil War America. We published it a couple of years ago and I love social history as it relates to genealogy, because, you know, collecting names and dates on your family tree is one thing, but really understanding the lives of your ancestors just really brings the whole pursuit of genealogy to life. So that's why I love this book. It really gives you insight into what life was like for your Civil War ancestors.
0: Right. It's not so much a catalog of all of the battles and that kind of thing. This is about life itself. Just The context that they were living in. What were some of the things that kind of stood out to you that that you picked up on?
4: Well, this book is full of really interesting and fun facts, and I've picked out a few of um, the things that I found interesting. You know, one of those is soldiers' nicknames—the way that people and the soldiers themselves would refer to each other based on where they came from. It's some of them are predictable, like Tar Heels from North Carolina, but then there's some ones that really surprised me, like. Florida soldiers were referred to as goober grabbers. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know where that came from. Um, Arkansas soldiers were called toothpicks, and Mississippi soldiers were called sand lappers. Um, it's really interesting to wonder where those types of terms came from and how they might have um, applied to the, those soldiers. certainly funny, too.
0: Right. I mean, he he really did a tremendous amount of research um, to to come up with some of this everyday kind of language and lifestyle. Um, the author, again, is Michael O. Varhola. And um, we actually interviewed him here on the podcast. It was back in April of 2011. So that's episode 35, if you really want to hear from the author himself. And I know one of the things we were just talking about, Allison, was some of the prices that Michael talks about in this book. And the effects of inflation from the beginning of the war towards the end of the war. Tell us about that.
4: Yeah, it's really interesting um, when you look at, you know, we all experience economic pressures in our lives, but the prices of things really captures how difficult times were for our ancestors Michael has a table in the book that shows the inflation on food prices, and it's really stunning. Um, one example he gives is the cost of bacon. In 1861, at the outset of the war, you could get a pound of bacon for about 12.5 cents. Fast forward to 1865, the price of bacon jumped from 11 to $13 a pound. Now, to put that in further perspective, if you calculate for inflation... in 1865 is equivalent to about $162 today. Can you imagine spending $162 on a pound of bacon? That's painful in any decade. (laughs) It is. I mean, think about it. Some people's entire food budget for a week would be $162. And so, you know, there's lots of facts like this. Coffee was 35 cents in 1861, and it had jumped up to $60 by 1864. Wow. Um, one of the fun facts from the book that I thought is a really good reflection of the time is that people would sometimes have what they called starvation parties. And the only refreshment served at those parties was water because people just didn't have food by the time um, the oh. war had dragged on for several years. And so th- that's just a taste of the kind of um, interesting information that you can find in this book.
0: Exactly. So if in your own research you have um, a military document, or you're lucky enough to have a photograph of an ancestor. Wow. When you look into their eyes now in that photograph, you have a really different perspective about what they were dealing with. And in fact, there are dozens of Civil War photographs and illustrations, plus an appendix on the role that photography played during the war. That's by Maureen Taylor, our own photo detective. The book is fantastic. So check it out. It's called Life in Civil War America. It's by Michael O. Varhola. We've got the print version, there's a digital version, and there's a digital uh, appendix, which means it's searchable, which is really cool, quick way to find things in the book. And again, if you want to hear from the author himself, we had a wonderful conversation back in April of 2011. It's episode number 35, and I'll have a link in the show notes to that for you. Uh, A great pick and a great way to top off the Civil War history episode uh, in this July of 2013. Thanks so much, Allison.
4: Thank you, Lisa.
0: Thanks for joining me for this July 2013 episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast, the show from America's number one genealogy magazine. Here are a couple of action items for you until we meet here again next month. First, be sure and check out David Frixell's article in the July-August 2013 issue of Family Tree Magazine. It's called Seven Steps to Discovering Your Gettysburg Ancestors, where you're going to get all kinds of detailed research strategy. You can order the paper copy of the issue or the electronic file at shopfamilytree.com. Next, head on over to FamilyTreeMagazine.com slash podcast to find the show notes for this July episode, which will include information and website links for everything we talked about, including the Civil War Soldiers and Sailors System website, and also Diana Christman Smith's course at Family Tree University. It's called Civil War Research, Find Your Ancestors in the War Between the States, and of course, everything else we talked about on this episode. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Lisa Louise Cook, and I invite you to visit me at my website, genealogygems.com, where you can listen to my free podcast, The Genealogy Gems Podcast, which is also available free through iTunes. Until next time, have fun climbing your family tree.